a lot of the language that describes just the area in, in Ithaca, like the gorges, um, the way the water runs, you know what I mean? And like I said, growing up, where we were dispossessed in, um, in Canada, I could not really make the connection with this language because it wasn't, I couldn't see it. It really didn't match. And I was like, hey, we live in this flat piece of land up here. So all of these great adjectives that I learned growing up for these, you know, different beautiful ravines and different types of rocks, it didn't match until I came here. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Steve Henhawk shares his mission to maintain and proliferate the language and culture of the Cayuga, or Cayacono, the indigenous people who first inhabited the land on which Cornell University now sits. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. We are delighted to speak with Steve Henhawk today. Steve is a visiting lecturer in Cayuga, one of the languages Cornell started offering last year. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Steve. Yeah, hello. Happy to be here. So this is the first time in Cornell's history that students can take a class to learn the language of the Cayuga Nation, whose traditional territory is now home to Cornell's Ithaca campus. The launch of this class coincided with the United Nations Declaration of 2019 as the Year of Indigenous Languages. And we are so very lucky that you, a Cayuga speaker and historian, are teaching this class. Can you share with us a little bit more about your background, your experience with languages, and how this all came about? Myself, I was, um, well, we're talking Cayuga language. Um, it's a highly endangered language, so I was, I was fortunate to um, have been, I was raised, I guess, in, um, in Canada um, after the dispossession of the land here in the late 1700s. Um, that's where a lot of the Cayuga members ended up, was being in, in Canada in Six Nations Reserve. So um, I was um, I was submerged in a language. I was raised by my grandparents. Um, I, I kind of got to see the real good part of the language, and I got to see the really low side of it. So um, I kind of lived through it. So um, And right now, um, that's what we're really trying to do. Is uh, It's all revitalization um, to try and get our language back. And it's um, all to do with the... Um, uh, People coming back to the area, moving back to the to the Cuga Cuga Lake area. Um, so it's a uh, it's a work in progress, but um, I'm really I'm really happy that uh, Cornell has um, kind of stepped up to the plate. You know what I mean? Um, uh, like what we'll talk about it being 150 years too late um, <laughs> after. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. but, you know, it took them a little while too, but you know what I mean. Um, and that's what a lot of thing is. Uh, my whole thing, what I try to do is education. Um, whether it be through through the university or any sort of outreach that I like to do and like uh, opportunities like this as well to speak to people and get it out there and um, just let us know, let people know that we are, my biggest thing is I don't want us to be a history lesson because we're so yeah. long the, the, the day of people. Um, that's what, that's what we're, it seemed we were a history lesson. You know what I mean? And um, that's what I'm really trying to, to change that so that, so that we're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So then, as as the expert in Cayuga and the Cayuga culture at Cornell, what are your goals and what are you hoping to bring to the table through your classes? Uh, well, I guess with um with the class, the introduction, what I've been like, I started last year and this year. Um, I think that um 
like because I only get students for one semester at a time, and um, the language is so in depth and intricate that I'm not expecting to get fluency out of mm -hmm. students. But what I really am, am expecting is um, to open their eyes to it and for to explore other possibilities. That's why, like with Cornell, like um, there's there's always going to be a progression. And so, like I, last year, um, we, we started it, and um, things it was received rather well. Yeah. Um, this year, the classes, you know, um, we had to expand it. You know what I mean? Because we had um, so much interest in it. That's so, great. Yeah. What what I'm expecting is um, just I'd like to see keep it growing. Um, mm -hmm. That that's the expectations of it um, to keep it growing and expanding because, and I think it's 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 really going to do it itself because um, when you start to work on language, that's kind of how it happens. It just builds, you know what I mean? It just builds and it gains momentum. And I think that's what's happening right now with the, with the, the, the whole project is the way I see it. Yeah, that's wonderful. Can yeah. you talk a little bit more about how you integrate some of the resources in the area on campus? I know that you uh, take your students to the Cornell Botanic Gardens, for example. What are some of the connections there between like language and, and nature and the land? I've been fortunate, uh, like Cornell, they let me plant. I, I plant some of the, the native seeds that, um, like, I guess, the real Cayuga seeds, the Gayacono seeds, that uh, heirloom seeds that we've been able to keep in our family for you know over 200 years since the dispossession, actually. So we bring those back, and um, that's one way I, I, I keep the connection. But um, just like just being in the geographical area, just being here, um, we can like a lot of our language is deeply connected to the geographics of the area. Mm -hmm. So like um, we have so much um, description. So like a lot of the language that describes just the area in, mm -hmm. in Ithaca, you know, like the gorges, um, the way the water runs, you know what I mean? <laughs> like how the side of the hill and everything like that. So, and I guess it's growing up hearing that language because I lived in a, in a where we were dispossessed in, um, in Canada. I could not really make the connection with this language because it wasn't, I couldn't see it. You know what I mean, it really didn't match. And I was like, hey, we live in this flat piece of land up here in Canada. You know what I mean? It's really flat and there's really nothing. So all of these um, great adjectives that I learned growing up for these, you know, different beautiful ravines and different types of rocks and stuff, it didn't match until I came here. And mm. being right in Jessica here, now, now I can really, I can see where, where, what they were talking about. You know? mm -hmm. How big is the community of Cayuga speakers in the area here in, in Ithaca or in upstate New York? Um, actually, um, six years ago when I came to um, came to, to New York from Canada, um, there, there was no speakers here on on the New York side portion. Huh. Um, and I was, a, I was the only one. I was here by myself. So I started a program um, that was initiated up in Seneca Falls there with a group of Cayuga Gayakona people that had um, moved back to the area prior to that, and they were doing wanted to revitalize culture and language. So I started working with them, and um, I was really successful. Um, I like to, you know, think I was really successful at that. Where I'm at now, like I have uh, five speakers um, over here that are, um, I'm going to say, like I'm going to say, like maybe mid-level fluency, um, but that's taken I think six years to to get them to that point. So, and I think um, we're in a really good place to to make, uh, have, have the language grow because we like to work with a lot of younger people as well. Um, like the five I'm talking about, that's all adults, right? So what I really want to see is it, um, to be taught to younger people so that they got mm -hmm. that much more time to, um, 
like with any language, um, it needs to, to develop, right? And yeah. So um, that's why I want to try to get it to younger people mm-hmm. so that um, the language does have that time to develop over over years, right? So that yeah. it can it can it can develop and grow is yeah. really what I'm, I'm looking for it to do. Well, and hopefully we can also grow the entire program so that eventually this will be, you know, part of the language requirement and that it's not just this one-off course, but that it's actually a sequence, right? So that that anyone who's interested can continue and actually gain fluency. Yes. Yeah, that's really, that's that's my end game. I mean, it's to really make sure we have something, something kind of put in stone. Mm -hmm. Because where this is, it would make no better sense for it to be in this area. Oh, yeah. Right. Because yeah, this is where the language originated. You know? Yeah. We talked about that a fair amount uh, last year, I believe, when we, we worked together. Um, I, I was asked to help record you recounting some of the history of the Gayakona people and, and your journey that's, and what's brought you back here to teach. Is there any more you can comment about that that sense of place and what that brings to the language and the culture and, and what it means to you to be able to uh, to offer that language and the history and culture attached to it back here? Oh yeah, um, I guess is like I, I spoke of earlier, like um, like different things where like I was growing up being displaced, um, like I, I couldn't make the connection, you know what I mean, to a lot of things. But now being back here after a, a, a period of time. Um, like I said, it's not only like the geographics. Um, it goes even deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, like geographics is one thing, but to see um, the way the weather changes here, the way the mist rolls off the lake, um, it's subtle things. But mm-hmm. those subtle, the subtlety in that is what makes our language alive, and it was it's really what brings our people to the existence here because. Um, being displaced and then when, once we come back, there has to be this connection. And like I said, a lot of that connection was broke through loss of language, through loss of culture, things like that. Um, just being kind of forced into American society or whatever, be Canadian society. But once we come back here, um, a lot of the things, like I said, the subtlety of just the area. Mm-hmm. And that's really what makes us who we are. And that connection. So that's why, you know, recognition needs to be um, given to um, Cornell itself and so many other organizations in the area that um, have been so welcoming to the Gayakona people and yeah. for, for, for this allowed to allow to happen. Yeah, very important. And I mean, as you said, definitely overdue. <laughs> right, right. So if our listeners are interested in learning Cayuga or learning more about it, are there some resources that you can recommend, obviously, other than enrolling in your class? Right. That, that would probably be your, your best bet right there. <laughs> um, so, like I said, on the community that's, that's here um, in, in Ithaca, um, Romulus, right up to Seneca Falls area, there's um, um, seems to be Gayakona people that's all kind of dotted along the lake now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, like I said, um, I know Cornell, they have some things available that's online. But um, really soon, what's going to be up, there's going to be a website that, that's up. I think it's called the Friends of the Gayakona. Um, <laughs> for people that don't know Gayakona, that's Cayuga. Um, uh, Cayuga is the name that's been imposed on us. Um, what we refer to ourselves as is Gayakona. And hopefully within time, in this area or wherever, we can kind of get rid of the whole Cayuga bit. We can go back to our original name, which mm. is Gayakona. So um, that's what we're trying to do. But there's going to be a webpage up, and that's what it's called, the Friends of the Gayakona. And I... 
we're going to try and direct a lot of traffic to, to that so that you know people can be aware and updated on things that are may happen. And I want to do a little language bit on there as well you know, cool. for people within the area so that they can come on and you know get a little bit there. Yeah, wonderful. That's great. Right. Fantastic. Well, it's it's great to speak with you about this, Steve. Uh, before we sign off, we would like to ask you to share your favorite word in a language you speak, love, or are learning. So uh, what is that word? Oh, my favorite word, man. That's a tough one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, lately, I think, I think you know, because I guess it changes all the time. You know, but um Right now, what I've been thinking about, you know, like with the changing of the weather and, you know, it was everything like, because everything we get is from the land here. So, um, and everything I refer to, like everything I talk about is to do with the land and our connection to it. So, Owenzio, in our language, Owenzio, and what that is, it's like like the beautiful land or the beautiful earth. And um, mm-hmm. when I look around in here at the area, that's what comes to my mind all the time. So, Owenzio, that would be, right now, that's my favorite word until for the next little while. That's beautiful. I like that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for speaking of language with us, Steve. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for providing the area and the space for the Gaikona to be welcomed back. Thank you. Next week, David Foreman joins us on our podcast. David is a visiting lecturer in Yiddish, another one of the languages Cornell started offering last year. Until then... The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.